music. It's, it's real hip hop music. Come on, come on. One, two, one, two. Yes, yes, y'all. David Trom Diggs Shanks. This is Major Journalism. Another episode brought to you by the people versus the anti people and 623 Entertainment. I don't, I guess, speak enough about 623 Entertainment, um, which is the, 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 the LLC, the business uh, behind the production. Uh, big shout out to Anthony Sergi, my producer, um, and just give him his flowers for riding out uh, for, I guess, the better part of two to three years now, uh, starting with a guest in the house podcast. Today, uh, I'm just going to crack the mic, be transparent, and be as frank <laughs> as I can be with you guys. Uh, I have no, you know, um, topic per se. I I haven't researched anything. I haven't decided that there was anything that I wanted to talk on. And when I started to do that last night at about 1130, I had an idea. I came downstairs to my little man cave, I guess, and started to put something together and then I just stopped. I just stopped and I said, you know what? I'm just going to crack the mic and um, try and speak from the heart, so to speak, because uh, it's just a lot going on in life and, you know, just in my life in particular and just trying to navigate and show up and be great and be my best self. And, you know, a lot of what we do here is exploration, explorative, I guess, delving into um, just relationships and not relationships like man-woman relationships per se, but just relationship, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with the world. Um, the people versus the anti-people, uh, as political and as, you know, socially, you know, oriented as it sounds, it's really about our relationship with this planet. You know, it's really about our relationship with, um, the inhabitants of the planet, you know, both fellow humans you know what I mean? And the other forms of life and just how we all coexist, you know, on this uh, six trillion, six text, six sextillion tons <laughs> of planet that we have. Uh, you know what I mean? Shout out to the gods. Um, so I just wanted to crack the mic today and just, you know, just talk to you guys, man. Just catch up. What's been going on with me is uh, I got this nine to five and I don't speak much about my nine to five because who cares, but I do have a nine to five. Um, I went back to 
the structure of a nine to five back in uh, the summer of 2017. So I'm about five years back to um, being in that structure of nine to five work. My um, prior, or excuse me, the previous 10 years to that, it was Trom digs. So, you know, I, I think we discussed that on the uh, diff episode and just kind of that dance I left sort of my first like out of job career college out of college career job in like 2005 and I took like a little sales job and the focus was to rap um it wasn't till about 2008 that I started to see some traction with you know that career and just being Trom Diggs, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, um, was like Trom Diggs. Uh, much of what people know me for in terms of Trom Diggs, if you Google Trom Diggs, uh, much of that legwork, much of that work was put in between 2010 and like 2015, right? So that journey, you know, dropped major journalism, which is the name of this show, in 2015. And the reception versus all that I put into it put me in a place. You know, I hit a wall. Um, because that, you know, when you look at numbers, when you look at um, the construct of time, right? But you look at numbers and you say, okay, you said you left your corporate job in 2005. You hit a wall in 2015. So it's 10 years. Uh, a lot had happened in those 10 years, um, just in my personal life. Um so I hit a wall and it took about two years to really get myself to a place where it's like, I got to get back to work. I got to pay these bills. I put all of these, you know, uh, travel and equipment and, you know, putting my own events together and, you know, booking theaters and just all kinds of stuff on my credit card. Um, I had some relationships that kind of went left as a result of, you know, why relationships go left. And we'll dive deeper into those. And actually, you know what I mean? We started that with the, the, the Diff episode. And when Diff comes back, we'll get deeper into that, maybe. Um, and so, you know, I hit a wall. And... I went back to work. I started temping for an agency and I got a, a gig proofreading um, benefit enrollment guides. So, you know, this time of year, for those of you who are in a nine to five or even those of you who are entrepreneurs and go through um, the health exchange, a.k.a. Obamacare, to um, get your 
health benefits. You know that this period of time here through say mid October, mid November rather, is um open enrollment. So when you pick your new benefits, whether it's Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Kaiser Permanente, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I was just proofreading the benefit booklets that you see when you um pick your benefits, right? So that led to designing these booklets and you know what I mean? I got myself back in to well, not back in. I taught myself basically how to use this um <laughs> Adobe software and just started designing because it was a need at the time. Um went from designing to project management. Um currently project manager, the communications department at you know said company and you know this is the busiest time of year it's a very stressful time of year it takes up a lot of my time we're talking upwards of 70 hours a week sometimes you know putting in like 14 hour days um 13 hour days at minimum so a typical week for me now a typical day for me is um get up around three o'clock three thirty um, late as four o'clock, hop on the, uh, computer, start working till about 6.30 in the morning, 6.30, grab Voss, take Voss to the bus stop, um, wait for his bus to come. It's about a half hour ride back, you know, half hour ride, two and a half hour ride back from the, uh, bus stop, take him to the bus stop leave the bus stop around like 7.15, get back home, you know, grab my tea, do my little whatever my morning thing is, hop back on probably around 8.30, work till about 7, 7.30 some nights, some nights 8, you know, um, eat, you know, shower, <laughs> uh, go to sleep around 10, 10.30, back up, do it right back again, five days a week, right? You know, some days I just, I can't do it, so I sleep till about 6, 6.30, and then I take force to school, and then I just hop on at 8.30 or whatever like that. But, you know, minimum 12 hours a day. Doesn't leave a lot of space uh, to be a partner, you know, to be a father, a guardian, to be, you know, a friend, a, a family member, to be uh, an entrepreneur, to be a creative, to be all the other things that, all the other roles that I play in my life. So, you know, there's a podcast that's dropping, this is a Saturday, you know, I don't, we don't know when this is going to drop, but this right now is a Saturday. Uh, there's a podcast that's going to drop on Tuesday. And, you know, like I just looked at it last night. I have to, you know, chop it up, do the, you know, the promo, do all the things that go into, you know, trying to have a podcast and present something of quality to you guys. Um, those of you who know me know that quality is is very important to me um you see even 
through the work of Trom Diggs. Uh, I would say that one of the um, pillars of the work that I do is quality. I don't have um, the resources that some of my contemporaries have, some of my counterparts have, but I try and extract the most quality out of what I'm doing and what I have at my disposal as possible. And if it takes me longer, um, if it's not as frequent as it can be, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make so that every time you see me, it's a certain level of quality, you know, the certain quality control that goes in to what I do. And that takes time and that takes effort. And that effort is compromised, let's say, by, you know, the need to take care of myself and my family. And so that's a dance that is not, that many of us are familiar with. That's not like David's plight, you know? And so I know a lot of you understand, overstand, and can, you know, relate to the struggle and, and to what I'm I'm going through. So, you know, I have such a big vision for for this for this space for this program there's so much that i want to do beyond the program there's so much that i want to do from a, a space of of study of development of um just delving in to my scholarship and being able to bring topics bring perspectives bring things to light as I'm studying and as I'm learning, which is what, you know, the reason why I do this. And that is hindered somewhat from, you know, my vantage point by the rat race. And it's very frustrating. You know, it, um, takes a toll on me and so I didn't want to cram a subject cram you know a perspective an area of you know a topic or whatever down you guys throat today because I didn't prepare I'd rather just crack the mic and talk to you guys about like what is impeding that preparedness and just my resolve with, you know, my responsibilities versus my, my passions, you know, my vision that I have for my work, for myself, for my purpose versus what it is at this you know current moment in time and you know what that means for me what that means for major journalism what that means for the people versus the anti-people and you know just share my struggle as you know share my struggle in hopes that 
you know, you guys can just feel me. You know what I mean? It's not even a hope. Just, just, just feel me. So, you know, it's tough, man. Like I, in that same space of 2017, going back to work, I, um, I went back, I did a graduate certificate program in uh, construction management. Um, what you may not know is that I've owned a um, real estate company with my um, my brother, uh, Namdi Oswagu, who was on a previous episode of the podcast um, when we talked about crypto. He was on a crypto episode with the homie Manny. Uh, shouts to Manny V. And I um, I see the work that you're doing with uh, BWO. That's dope, bro. So well, big ups to you. Um, but yeah, so this is close to 20 years that uh, I've owned a real estate company with brother Namdi. Um, I bought my first house in um, 2000. And um, through that experience, um, where my brother was getting ready to move out of his apartment and, and, and make a move, we had a conversation and I said, uh, you know, you should buy, like you could buy in Philadelphia, like, you know, for what you're going to pay for rent, you could just own. And we had that conversation. And so he bought his and the dynamic of me and the brother Namdi's relationship is, is interesting because we're both Capricorns, but you know, I call them December Capricorns. They different. So, uh, <laughs> once he gets the taste of something, he's going he's all the way in with it so it's like let's buy more let's buy more let's buy more and then you know so we ended up with at our height um guesstimate about six or seven properties in uh the philadelphia area um definitely about we've held about three or four um in the Temple University, Cecil B. Moore um, Avenue area at one time. We had uh, two more in North Philly. I had another one, like in the Olney section. I had another one on Gerard. That was my first place. And then we had two, you know, two in South Philly. He had some, so, you know, 10 properties between us at one time probably so we were moving and this is 2008 you know we suffered during the crash of 2008 those of you who um are old enough to remember or were investing at the time remember what that was about so i give all that backstory to say that uh you know one that i've been around for a while <laughs> and i've been moving towards this journey of uh independence uh for a while a, a a large part of the 10 years that i was you know kind of corporate america free was based on the real estate um moves that i had made and just the ability to live free 
you know, just moving into one of the apartments that we own the building in and just thugging it out, going to New York, recording, just kind of like being homeless in New York, but living in my own property in Philly was kind of my thing, sleeping on studio couches, you know, crashing at my aunt, crashing at my cousins, you know, just living that life, but owning all, you know, properties in Philadelphia and working through that. And so I left Philadelphia in 2018 um, after rekindling my relationship with Rachel. And, but I was telling you why I was doing a construction management class. So the plan was, you know, I'll do the construction management graduate certificate, get some skills in that, uh, maybe intern, maybe, you know, look for some work with a more experienced um, investment or construction or real estate firm and then parlay that experience into, you know, doubling down on our company, Sensible Developments LLC. And so, good plan, solid plan. So, uh, I successfully uh, got that graduate certificate. Actually, there was a competition at the end for the final project um, that involved basically um, mapping out like a renovation. And my team won that group project. We came in first. Shouts to um, the brethren and um, the one sister that was on that team. And so it was a great experience. Um, I was doing that and just kind of taking on the project management role in 2018 started kind of rekindling my relationship with uh, Miss Rachel and subsequently left Philly, moved to Maryland to give um, our union a shot. And so that brought me to Atlanta, as you know, or the Atlanta area where I am now. And we're four years in and, you know, this adult shit is real. I'm not going to make any <laughs> shit. It's real. It's very real. And so, but we're here and we're making it and, you know, we're putting our lives together and we're building. Um, but the pressure, the, 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 the squeeze of managing all that we manage is tough. So this period of time that I get in every year. So, you know, Rachel's had to experience this for uh, four years now, or I guess 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So this would be the fifth, fourth quarter she's experienced. And it's always tough because I'm just not available. Um, and, you know, that gets tough because from my sp stance, there's the understanding thing, you know, but there's also my responsibility and, you know, my duty as a mate as a partner 
as, you know, the man of the house. And making sure that I am fulfilling all of my roles as best that I can. Now, in our roles, there's ebbs and flows. So sometimes you can't be as much of a thing as you can at other times. And then, you know what I mean? Like we have to, maybe someone has to pick up and supplement what you can't give. And, you know, patience is key. Communication is key. Understanding, overstanding, empathy, all of the attributes, right? Um, but we're not perfect. And so it's a struggle. And, you know, <laughs> we go through things and we go through things and they affect your, your state of mind, your state of being, how you feel, your uh, disposition, uh, your level of comfort, and you got to work through them. You know, and that's from the relationship side, kind of the part of love that they don't, you know, no one tells you about. You have to experience this, you know, a very important dynamic to add in as it pertains to me as a 44-year-old man. I made this pivot at 40. I spent the first 40 years of my life just being responsible for me and doing what I do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Um, you take into more account and to add more context that I've, I'm someone who left New York and my house, my home, my mother's home at 16 and came to Philadelphia as a freshman at Temple and basically took care of myself from 16 on. I lost my mother at 19. So even if we say the first three years, you know, I still had that, um, that home, that place, that place I could go, that person that was um, familiar to me, that was my home, that was my grounding. And, you know, that was taken in the physical from me at 19. So I just been out here, y'all, like, you know, dugging my way through it, figuring it out. You know, never really stopping, never really taking any time to um, process how that, how any other thing that I've experienced in this life has affected me. I just, you know, I just go. I'm one of those, you know what I mean? I just, I go, you know. Um, brethren who know me, you know, we laugh about it we've laughed about it, you know, over the years and stuff, but my mother, um, died May 2nd, 
1997. It was a Friday night. Uh, I went home, obviously, immediately. Friday, I believe, Saturday, I came back to Philly Sunday night, I think. So that would have been May 4th. May 5th, I took a final. <laughs> um, Got back on, like, whatever it was at the time. I don't think it was Megabus yet. I think we were still doing, like, Amtrak or something like that. Went back to the crib. Her funeral was Wednesday the 7th. I came back. I took a final on the 9th, Friday. You know, just went through finals week like nothing happened. Um, went through summer school. I remember there was a point in summer school where you know, I was struggling. I was distracted. I didn't think it had anything to do with my mom. I just wasn't really into college like that. So I remember having this conversation with Aunt Merle and Aunt Merle was like, did you tell them people you just lost your mom? And I'm like, well, why would I tell them that? Like, what's, what is, how is that relevant? She's like, fool, you about to fail your summer school class. Go tell them people you lost your mom. So I actually went in and I spoke to one of my professors and she's looking at me like, what, like, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I just, that's the program that I've had my whole life. And that's, know cause and effect that's created i guess the man that you see here for good and bad and you know that's things that i've had to unpack now with you know therapy and just with growth and the journey and a lot of my experience of being in this relationship has fostered that journey has in many ways made that journey necessary because I've had to face things about myself. Um, I had to learn things about myself. I've had to stretch myself in order to be a man of the house. You know, there was no template for me. There was no blueprint. I see brothers I grew up with, friends that I have, even when they couldn't figure shit out, you could see them just kind of default into behaving like their dad. Do you know what I mean? Like you could just see them start to just emulate a role model and while they're figuring it out, there's a template. Um, I'm an artist. You look at musicians and you listen to their early works. And a lot of musicians, you listen to their early works, you can hear the influence. You can hear Nas. Or you can hear G-Rap. And Rakim and Nas, right? And so you find your voice through emulation. But there was no one for me to emulate. 
there's no, you know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up modeling behavior of another man. I grew up with women, you know, um, strong women. Um, I had, you know, uncles around and there was fathers in the neighborhood, but real intimate, like someone molding you through example on a daily basis. You know, I didn't have that. And many of us did, did not have that. And so we get out here and we just figure this shit out. You know what I mean? I have, um, thoughts and ways in my manhood that, you know, were shaped by hip hop, you know what I mean? Like by 20 year old men, <laughs> you know what I mean? 21 year old men and who, you know, themselves probably weren't raised by men or a strong man or, you know what I mean? a conscious man or whatever the case may be. Right. And so you bring all of that into a space and you're learning on the job and it's, it's, it's tough. It's a pressure. It's a pressure packed situation. And then you take into account where we are in this world the urgency of the moment, you know, and you feel that urgency. And those of us who know, you know, we know, we know we can see around the corner a little bit. We can see where this is going. And we know, like, if we don't turn up, it could get really bad, really fast. I told you, I, you know, I survived 2008 with my partner we had to bunker down um i think through that we lost one property um had to liquidate a little bit but held through you know didn't didn't lose everything didn't you know what i mean we but I understand and I understand what the, 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 the I've experienced that the housing market crashing and the um what they call those you know the 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 the, 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 the sub whatever loans and you know just the whole deal foreclosures and just the whole thing and you know you survived it and so you see that coming around the corner and you know like. I'm vulnerable. And so I have to sew some things up, you know, um, as a man, as someone who's responsible for taking care of people. And, you know, again, like I said, this is a 44 year old man's um, platform. So I respect all the new gender roles and how y'all feel about you know, who's responsible for what, but you know what I'm saying? Where I come from, that's my job. So 
I'm on it. And I ha- I suffer as and I suffer is a loaded word, but let's say suffered, you know, like in a biblical way, like, you know what I mean? Like when you walk through the world with certain glasses on or when you take those glasses off, however you want to work the metaphor to make it make sense to you. But, you know, when you see, you can't unsee. When you know, you can't unknow, right? And so when I say suffer, I mean those of us who see certain things, who overstand certain things, and you're trying to navigate a world where that's not, everyone's not seeing that. You know what I mean? I, I'm almost thinking of like that movie, was that Day Live? Remember Rowdy Rowdy Piper? And it was like, you know, like you could see, everyone can't see the zombies. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like, I know that my purpose has to be attached. Like I'm someone here who's here to serve. I'm someone who's here to build. I'm not really someone who's here to project manage, um, open enrollment guides (laughs) being created. And so I cracked this mic twice a month and it feeds me and it allows me to be who I am for two hours a month, you know, and the little preparation that goes into chopping up videos and, you know, putting little clips on Instagram and, you know, DMing people to come on the show and the little interactions, you know what I mean? So, uh, 10 hours a month I get to feel you know when someone hits me up and says yo Trom I want a verse Trom here's a beat that little slice of like being alive being who I am in the midst of 60 65 70 hours of just soldiering through for the means, you know, trading my labor for a paycheck that allows me to keep a roof over our heads. But getting nothing out of it from a space of fulfillment, just, you know, I was showing Rachel Last night, you know, like my package, um, <laughs> uh, but my benefits package, my compensation package at my job. And, you know, I was telling her, like, I'm A074-1803. That's who I am. And that is on a spreadsheet and on 
a line down on that spreadsheet, there's a number. And that's who I am. That's what I'm worth in that construct. It says that gets paid that. And if that has to work 70 hours this week, he or she still getting paid that because that's what that role is worth. That's what we've allocated for that role. And that's tough for me. It's tough for me because I don't want no parts of that shit, really. Like, I don't want to be in that world at all. <laughs> um, here I am doing what I have to do, as we all do, you know? And so I wanted, you know, I thought about my guy, Mickey Hess. And I don't know this for sure. And we've never had this conversation for real. And I don't know that we ever will. And that's fine too. But he said, I'm paraphrasing, but when we kind of went on permanent hiatus with a guest in Isles podcast, he said, I don't know if I, I feel like talking anymore. I just kind of want to listen. And I felt them at the time. And I don't know if he means it in the way that I absorbed it, but I think he, he did. And I think I get it more now. This is not an announcement that I'm taking a break from major journalism, but there's just so much that I want to dive into, you know, and the more I do these, the more I want to dig deeper and go further into it. And it's like, man, that should be da 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 da. And then you go through the exercise, which is a low vibrational exercise for the record of going over these choices that you've made and how you've come to where you are and all that you could have done. And, you know, had I took in, you know, been conscious of what really fueled me, what I would have done differently and da, 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 da. You go through that whole exercise, right? And, it's not too late. It's never too late. And so you say, yeah, I want to pivot. I want to be a student again, you know, and I'm, I've committed to being a student again. And so part of what I will do, part of what I'm building is and part of the job of a journalist i think is to uncover these stories 
and bring them to the community. So I'm learning as you're learning. I'm exploring perspectives. I'm exploring narratives. I'm doing the work of, you know, unraveling, unpacking, excavating at times different theories, truths, perspectives, ideas. And I'm bringing on people to share in those conversations to share those perspectives and like that's what I want to do for the benefit of the people to help the people like that's really what I want to do and then everything around that is building building the infrastructure to sustain that and to have that sustained the household and the quality of life, the wants, taking care of the needs first, obviously. And that's the struggle. That's the juggle. You know, that's what we push through. That's what I'm pushing through. Um, and it gets tough, but it is what it is. Um, I don't expect anyone to feel sorry for me. I'm not asking for anyone to feel sorry for me. Like I said, just feel me um, and just continue to ride with the program. Um, I want you, because I know there is a core of you that are listening. It's, even if it's whatever the numbers are, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, I do want you to engage though. I do want you to hit me up and say, yo, read this article. Yo, check this out. Yo, find this person. Yo, I know this person. Yo, you put, you had episode about, you know, education. You should find this person. I shared this with like, let's do this. Let's not just support Trump. Like, don't support me, you know, like, Let's create something. If you're listening, if you listen to three of these, you know what I mean? Four or five of these, then you listen. So let's us build this program for us. You know what I mean? Um, don't, su don't support me. <laughs> you know, um, if there's value in this, let's build on that value together let's um let's make this be a thing because there's alternatives there's other things you can be listening to and um a lot of it is noise and distraction frankly and that's not what we're trying to build so Maybe that's the key. Maybe that's where we land today. Like, this is a labor of love. It requires focus. It requires 
dedication, it requires me to be very deliberate about carving out the little time that I have to put together something that I can be, I can stand behind. And the same for Anthony. Anthony has been riding out with me. Excuse me. Anthony has to dedicate time to this. Anthony is not paid. Um, I'm not paid. These are just two brothers who met from different walks of life who share a passion for bringing information and learning and growing. And I can speak for Anthony in saying that, you know, that's where the dedication comes in, but it requires him to hustle and find time to edit these videos. And, you know, where, you know, we've settled on every other Tuesday or every other week because it's just, you know what I mean? Like we don't have the capacity to shoot and turn around weekly episodes. We'd love to. That's the plan for me for sure. And, but we got to move with how we move, but it was important for me to move. So this will continue to grow. This will continue to evolve. Um, it won't look the way it looks now in a year. And we all need to, um, or should, or my hope, my dream is that we all take stake in that. And we build this thing together because it is the people versus the anti-people. It is the mass of the people trying to tear down institutions, structures, social, political, economic constructs that are anti the people. That's what we're doing. That involves strengthening the people, and that's where the healing comes in. That's where the dialogue amongst the brothers come in, the dialogue amongst the sisters come in the dialogue amongst all of us the entire community comes in learning each other understanding each other building with each other building each other up and at the same time recognizing pointing out these constructing the systems the constructs learning who the players are on both ends, the people who are working for the people, the people who are working against the people, the mindsets, um, 
the 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 the, the organizations you know everything that's tangible and intangible on both sides and figuring out how to move forward as the people that's what i'm here to um soldier for that's the work that i'm doing it's not my work it's the people's work and either you see yourself as the people or you see yourself as something else but it's our work because there are people there are individuals there are entities in this world who are shaping this world who are shaping how we live and we're not necessarily at that table we need to topple that table and build one ourselves and so that's where i'll pause that's where i'll land um if anybody got through this um i appreciate you and i thank i thank you for just taking your hour to to tap in and and rock with me and some of you you know have uh been doing this with me for 10 plus years you know just having this audio and now visual you know experience with me and i don't take that for granted you know a brother um in africa um left a comment on youtube I noticed the other day and he said something to the effect of, um, yo, bro, like I'm listening to your music and I'm reading um, Franz Fanon. He was, you know what I mean? And he commented on the um, episode that I mentioned Franz Fanon. He was like, I'm reading Wretched Earth and I'm like listening to you, man. This is, this is, this is, you know, bugged out or this is dope. And, you know, that's that means everything that's what brings me back to crack this mic you know because maybe listening to jazz hop doesn't give you the impression that you know i can or i would crack the mic and speak on france for not but now maybe someone who has read Franz Fanon goes and listens to Jazz Hop. Maybe someone who listens to Jazz Hop and knew me, knew me from Jazz Hop goes and researches Franz Fanon. So that that's the service. And so I will continue to show up. If I don't have a topic, you'll just get Honest Dave speaking his heart, speaking his mind. And uh, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Till next time, David Trom Dig Shanks. It's major journalism. It's the people versus the anti people. It's 623. Salute.